The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater's America's greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. Happy Easter. So I want to talk. Uh, let's do a little economics. Why not? Right? It's been a while. New York State, the first state to now offer free public college tuition for working and middle-class families. It's important to define that, right? Um, If your family makes less than $100,000 a year, then you will get free four-year college at one of the state schools in in the SUNY system. That's a pretty solid income, right? I mean, and in a couple of years, it's going to go up to $125,000 a year. And you know it's only going to go up from there, and eventually it's going to be everyone, right? But uh, $100,000 for family, that's a lot. In, in San Diego, which is an expensive place to live, it's I think the median household income is like 67000 or $69,000. So $100,000 is pretty good. By the way, in a couple of years, you're going to see way more people in New York State making $99,000 a year than $100,000 a year. Right? Because let's say college costs $30,000. So it would be better. Let's okay. So let's say college costs thirty thousand, and right now you make a hundred and twenty thousand. It would be better if you made ninety nine thousand, and then you would qualify for free college than if you made one hundred twenty thousand and then had to pay thirty thousand for college. So you're going to see a lot of people in New York State, way more people making ninety nine thousand dollars a year than uh, than a hundred thousand dollars a year, because their kids will then get free college. Anyway, um, let's see. This is the governor Cuomo, governor of New York. He said today college is what high school was. Now, when I first read that I went in a totally different direction than the rest of his sentence. So let me tell you what he said. He said today college is what high school was. It should always be an option, even if you can't afford it. So he's saying that college is now like high school and that it's free. I look at it and say, College is what high school was, meaning high school is so bad and the standards are so low that college is basically just high school. It's 13th grade. And it is. I want to tell a story coming up in a couple minutes about a professor who was recently fired 
from a community college school because he refused to dumb down the standards in his college classes like he was being told to do. So they fired him. In California, we have three tiers of higher education. We have uh, the best schools are UC schools, like UC Berkeley. Uh, then below that, you have state schools, Cal State schools. And then below that, you have community colleges, right? So remedial classes, 70 to 80% of kids going in to community college in California have to take remedial classes, which means they didn't learn how to read or write in high school and do math. It's still 40% of Cal State kids have to take remedial classes. That's the middle level. And then even in the UC system, you got 20, 30% of kids have to take remedial classes still. So like what college is what high school was. And you can talk to, talk to any college professor, any single college professor, and they'll tell you how kids will go into college not knowing how to read or write or do math properly. Certainly not at a college level or what has always been considered a college level. College is now what high school was. And when you make it free, it will truly turn into just the 13th grade because it's an entitlement now. So now it's not K through 12, it's K through 16. That's what it is it's now K through 16. And kids will still graduate college knowing less than what not many decades ago people graduated high school knowing. So it'll take longer and people will learn less. Let me talk about the entitlement part of this. So I forget when this passed, like a Tuesday. The next day, there was a state assemblyman in a poor area in the Bronx who says, whoa, 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 this is unfair. This is unfair. This whole bill is unfair. Because sure, it, it gives away free tuition, but it doesn't pay for room and board. And... If you make $99,000 a year, you get the free tuition, but they, you can afford the room and board. People in my district can't afford the room and board too. And I heard that. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's been a day. You've, you've had this, this new thing for a day and you're already asking for more. It will never end. It will never end. There will always be some inequality that the government and you, the taxpayer, has to even out somehow. It will never, ever be enough. One day after you now have free college, you're like, oh, wow, we got to pay for the books too and college and uh, room and board and food and order. Jeez. Here's my main point though. If you think college is expensive now, wait until it's free. This bill does nothing, nothing to lower the cost of college. It just masks it by making other people pay for it. That's it. It's the same with Obamacare. Obamacare did nothing to lower the cost of healthcare. It just masked the high cost by having other people pay for it. No government program like this ever strikes the root. Remember Henry David Thoreau, we quote this every day. Uh, there are thousands hacking at the branches of evil for every one who strikes the root. None of this stuff ever strikes the root. College has always been affordable. How many people listening now paid for their college education with a summer job? Okay. It's always been affordable. It only got expensive when politicians started offering government loans and handing out money like candy. So originally college, the, the limiting factor for how expensive college could be was what people could afford to pay. Right. That was it. I, well, how much can you make in a summer job? I can make this much money and okay. There's it. We, we, on my local show, we had people call in who went to San Diego state 
and they're, they're calling in saying that when they graduated in the seventies for a semester, it was something like $63 and everyone who called in, they said, yeah, tuition was $63, but I had to pay 20 bucks for a parking pass. <laughs> so, right. So, so $20 of, of the, it was like almost the parking pass was almost as expensive as the tuition right now. It's you know, $20,000 or whatever. So college was always affordable. The limiting factor was how much you could pay. Then when politicians starting out, started handing out unlimited amounts of loans, then the limiting factor for how expensive college could be is, well, how many loans the government will hand out to people. But now that there's not even loans, can you imagine how much these universities will grow now that there's no limiting factor at all? Because it's totally free, totally free. And you don't even have to loan. Like, like if you're, in, if you're thinking about going to college and you're like, oh, is it worth it? Is it worth taking out $200,000 of loans to go to get a degree here? Like how long is that going to take to pay off? And Bob, is it worth it? Mm, probably not. So there was a limiting factor, but now it's game on. There's no, it's like, yeah, sure. All right, but I'll, and the colleges are going to say, oh, it's a hundred thousand dollars a year and the taxpayers are going to pay for it. Unreal. It is totally game on now in New York for college. So just wait and see. You'll see the, the universities in college, the, the universities in, in New York are just going to be incredibly expensive. I want to take a break. I want to come back and chat about the uh, dumbing down of colleges. Wait until you hear this story. This is happening. Listen, you know what's happened in, in uh, high schools for a long time. And now it's happening in colleges. And this is just another step towards 13th grade. one 900 and but you know what? It's also a story of a, a professor standing his ground, and that we can respect. I'll show you that. I'll tell you that story next. Mike Slater, show the blaze radio network. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. So, uh, Bernie Sanders here, quote, if we are, this, he's talking about the New York deal to make all four-year college free. If we are to succeed in a highly competitive global economy and have the best educated workforce on the planet, public colleges and universities must become tuition-free for working families, and we must substantially reduce student debt. So, there's a really, really big assumption here, right? So, he says in order to uh, have a high, you know, highly competitive global economy and the best educated workforce, then everyone's got to go to college. The giant assumption here is that colleges actually teach kids things. <laughs> that's, that's a big assumption. The assumption here is that when a student leaves college, they have more skills than when they entered. Or than they otherwise would have gained by just working for the previous four years. It is remarkably easy to leave college with a piece of paper that says you got at least a C minus in every class. But did you actually learn anything? Did you learn anything that makes you more marketable to someone else? Right? Bernie Sanders assumes that just going to college makes you smarter. 
just being there like through osmosis you just get smarter and if everyone goes to college then we'll have the best educated workforce in the world no not necessarily we may just have a bunch of people with degrees but that doesn't equate to anything nothing real there's this move now because college is so expensive to turn four years degrees to get a four-year degree done in three years so there's different schools that are now offering three-year degrees. So this is a professor at the University of Chicago. His name is Alan Bloom. Uh, he says, colleges extend coursework to four years for no reason other than to get more of your money. The Cornell plan, this is when you can do a four-year degree in three years. The Cornell plan dared not state the radical truth, a well-kept secret that colleges do not have enough to teach their students, not enough to justify keeping them four years, probably not even three years. If the focus is careers, there's hardly one specialty outside the hardest of the hard natural sciences, which requires more than two years of preparatory training prior to graduate studies. The rest is just wasted time. <laughs> so it's a professor at University of Chicago is like, you know, this is, this is such a waste. And some schools now, and I guarantee you now that it's free in New York, they're going to extend the program to five years. I guarantee it. And there's more and more that, that was already happening even when I was in college 10 years ago. Five-year programs. Come on, why? Just more money. That's it. Just charge more. Just drag it out. All right, I want to share. This is a uh, professor of philosophy at the Community College of Aurora in Colorado. He was fired. Why? According to the administration... Lack of effectiveness in implementing the philosophy curriculum redesign. What the heck does that mean? The redesign. So Colorado has a new program called the Gateway to Success Initiative. The Gateway to Success Initiative. Sounds nice. So if you told me what the Gateway to Success Initiative was, if you, I would say, oh, or if you asked me what the Gateway to Success Initiative was, I would say, oh, it's, it's probably a program to... Um, how would I word it? Like to, to improve, to make people smarter, right? Like to get, to get kids to, so they know more, they know more relevant information, um, gateway to success. So that they know things that will make them more successful when they graduate, right? More successful in the real world. Uh, that's, that's what it sounds like, right? The gateway to success initiative. Nope. The goal is to get more kids to pass their courses. So then they'll be more likely to stay in school and then graduate. That's it. Let me say it again. Maybe maybe uh, I didn't say that right. The goal of the Gateway to Success initiative is to make it easier for kids to pass their courses so that they're more likely to stay in so that they're more likely to be encouraged and feel good stay in the community college system, graduate and then go to a four-year school. So if a school can boost uh, passage rates, then they say that will encourage students to succeed. So why did this professor say no? It would have required, the course redesign would have required him to cut 20% of the course content, right off the top, 20%. Fewer writing assignments and a max of eight pages of writing a semester. That's it, eight pages a semester. He would have had to offer small group activities every other class session, like it's kindergarten. And also make works by women and minority thinkers 30% of the course content, which is absurd. 
here's the worst of it all though he had to he had to keep teaching in this dumbed down way until this get this 80 percent of each demographic group passed his course not 80 percent total not 80 percent of all the students but 80% of each demographic group. So 80% of his black students, 80% of his Hispanic students, 80% of his, I don't know, gay students. I don't know how they break down like each demographic, right? But 80% of each. So think about this. That means if he has four black students, right? Four black students in his class. Three of them are super smart. One's a total idiot or doesn't care. doesn't go to class. He has to pass all four. Because if not, the passage rate of black students in his class would be 75%. And it's got to be 80%. So he has to pass the other one or else he's going to lose his job because he's got to get it over 80% passage rate. See how stupid that is? So he said no. He said no because the charter, and he had a specific reason. He said the charter of the community college system in Colorado, and I'm sure in your state too, is to prepare kids to transfer to a four-year school. And he says, dumbing down the coursework and dumbing down the expectations doesn't do that. It doesn't help kids prepare for college and the real world. Let me quote from him. He says, simply put, this class is now much, much easier to get an A in or pass than it was previously. It's now so much easier that currently every single student on my roster has an A+. And to my recollection, the last time I was involved in a course set to this difficulty level was early high school. If the people were giving A pluses, if the people we are giving A pluses to in the courses are only doing the equivalent of high school work at other colleges, I believe that sets up our students for harm later on. Sure, our success rates will spike through the roof, but we'll be graduating people who think they've received a college education, but in reality have only done high school level work. And the harm from what I see is a lack of rigor will become evident after they've left our college and are forced to compete with their peers from other schools. Doesn't When you hear that, doesn't that make perfect sense? It makes absolute 100% perfect sense, but he's the bad guy. He was fired. He was fired for what he just said. Unbelievable. So when New York makes college for everyone, it's only going to dumb down the standards even more. And it's going to make the whole thing even more meaningless than it already is. Remember Cuomo, he said, today, college is what high school was. And here's this community college professor saying, this college course I'm teaching is the same as a high school course. So today, college is what high school was. Now, Cuomo was talking about, again, it being free, like college is free, just like high school has been free, free. But, but, But deeper than that, it's, it's, the same academic level college is now what high school was. So what are we doing? So what's the better thing to do? Stop with the loan programs. Stop, 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 stop. No one can afford to go to college without a loan. No, one. it's impossible. A couple of super millionaires, right? But no one can afford to go without the loans. So if you stop the loans, what are the colleges going to get no students? Of course not. They'll lower their prices. They'll lower their prices. So everyone can afford it. They'll have to cut the number of administrators and decrease costs and all the rest. So that's number one. Also long-term, we need a total change in our culture 
that says you don't need a college degree to be a success. Right? We have a culture today that says you're only a somebody if you have a college degree. And that is a very, very expensive lie. That is not true at all. So we need a culture change. But the worst thing, the worst thing you can do is make taxpayers pay for every 18-year-old to have a four-year drunken party, which is what college is becoming more and more of. For I, I, so I, I was talking to a professor about this, a philosophy professor, actually, in San Diego. I, I think college is... point So you got to break it down a couple of different ways. You have the hard sciences, and that college is really important. I don't know what percentage... Let's say it's 50-50. I don't know what percentage of colleges are hard sciences versus you know, humanities. But let's say it's 50-50. For the kids who have humanities degrees, who are getting humanities degrees, 90% of them don't need to go to college. And I was one of those. 90% don't need it. And the professor I said, I was talking to, he's like, well, maybe it's a third don't, a third are okay, and a third do. No, I think only 10% need to, and the rest just need to go get a job. Or read a book. But instead, we have colleges, and they're just, they're just parties. It's all it is. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. And of course, hmm, hmm. Yeah, well, maybe I'll save this. I'll save this for a second, actually. Uh, I was going to talk a little bit about how colleges have just become... I said they're drunken part. I mean, that's, that's for most kids, it's just it's a fun thing to do for four years, but it's a very, very expensive fun thing to do and go cheer for the football team and stuff like that. But um, I just hope... My son's six months the other day, uh, six months old. I hope that in 17 years, 17 and a half years, the whole college system implodes by then because it's worthless and... Uh, it's now listen I, i've said this before and people there's people listening who are currently paying for their kids college it's you just happen to be in a tough time like you got to do it you got if you're now in college age you got to go to college it's the way it goes but like i'm saying i'm hoping in the future that's not the way anymore but right now it is and you got to suck it up and do it <laughs> right but but i hope it doesn't stay that way because not only are they a waste of time but then you have the whole outrage culture of colleges and i don't want my kid to be around that that's the opposite of what kids need to be around anyway well maybe we'll talk about that later i want to chat about this instead so san diego unified uh it's our high school system san diego is taking steps to combat islamophobia now every time stories about islamophobia come up i, I share these statistics because i don't know let's i think facts are important so this is according to the fbi crime statistics fbi crime statistics of all the hate crimes 20 percent of them are because of someone's religion. 20% of all the hate crimes, 20% are because of someone's religion. Most are because of race. Could be different other factors, right? But 20% are because of someone's religion. Now, across the country, there are there have been, last year, 1,402 hate crimes because of someone's religion. Now, if you ask me, that doesn't sound like a lot. 1,402? I mean, there's a country of 330 million Americans. There are 
trillions of interactions every single day between people of varying faiths. And in a whole year, 365 days of trillions of interactions, there's a 1,402 hate crimes based on religion. Like that doesn't seem like a lot to me, but maybe that's, you know what? It's 1,402 too many. That's the important thing, Mike. Of those, 21% of them were because of someone, because someone was a Muslim. 52% were because someone's Jewish. Most hate crimes because of religion are because someone's Jewish. But you never hear about that. You only hear about Islamophobia. Now, those are hate crimes. San Diego Unified's talking about bullying. So how much bullying is going on in the San Diego school district? Last year, San Diego Unified, there were seven bullying incidents because of religion. Again, <laughs> seven too many, but there's 130,000 students. I don't know how many Muslim kids there are in the district, uh, but Muslims are about 1% of the country nationwide. So let's say 2%. So let's say there's 2,000 Muslims in the San Diego Unified School District, K through 12. There were seven bullying incidents, seven. And, and to the point where now we have to take steps to combat Islamophobia in the district because there's seven bullying incidents. Hmm. Now here's the kicker with that. The district doesn't keep track of what religion the victims of the bullying were. So there could have been seven Jewish students who were bullied. It could have been seven Christians who were bullied. I, I don't know. It could, no one knows. It could have been five Jewish kids, one Christian, one Muslim throughout the, the year. And now we have to take steps to combat Islamophobia. Now, how? A couple of things. First, the, uh, the district is going to add uh, Islamic holidays to the calendar, to the school calendar. Uh, so Christmas has been replaced by winter and Easter been replaced by spring. But we're going to make sure that Eid al-Fitra is on the calendar. Got to be there. So separation of church and state only apply to uh, to Christians, I guess. A couple, a couple other things they're doing. They're going to learn, uh, teach uh, here social studies classes. We'll have more information on prominent Muslims and their impact on history. And quote other steps to promote a more positive image of Islam. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, here's my take. And let me say, this is not you know angry, conservative, pitchfork on fire talking. There is plenty of social psychology research that talks about the power of groups and the importance of uniting. And that's my argument here, is that all of these steps to promote a more positive image of Islam only calls attention to people's differences, students' differences. And it will make the small amount of bullying that is going on even more prevalent. I guarantee it. Jonathan Haidt, he, uh, moral psychologist, he talks about the hive hypothesis. And the idea is that, yes, humans have competitive aspects, right? We're competitive against each other. But we also have a very strong, and more than all, all the other animals, 
a strong desire to cooperate and cohere to each other in groups. All right, even people who think we come from chimps will admit that you will never see two chimpanzees carrying a heavy log together. You will never see one chimp lowering a branch so another chimp can grab a piece of fruit off of it. It doesn't happen. Chimps do not hunt in packs. They, they do not cooperate like humans do. Humans are completely unique like this. We have the ability to transcend our self-interest and lose ourselves into something larger than ourselves. This is how the military works. Ask any single veteran you know, and there's veterans listening right now who can give an amen to this. Any veteran will tell you that when they're in battle, and not only when, but the reason they run to the battle is because they have an overwhelming sense to protect the life of the guy next to them. It's not for their own self-preservation. If it was for their own self-preservation, they'd run the other way. But they stay because they got to protect the life of the guy next to them with the understanding that the guy next to them is going to live and maybe die to protect them. I was talking just the other day to the oldest Pearl Harbor survivor alive today, uh, uh, Ray Chavez. He's 105 years young, sharp as a tack. What an incredible man. And real short, on uh, December 7th, so he was a minesweeper. So he would work from midnight to 6 a.m. sweeping mines in the harbor. Got home, super tired. He's like, listen, honey, I am exhausted. I don't need any food. I just got to go to bed. Uh, please just don't wake me up for anything if that's okay. Went to bed. His wife comes in a couple minutes later and says the Japanese are attacking. Runs out of the house, gets on his bicycle, and sprints to the harbor. And I asked him, I said, whoa, what? Were you scared? No. Why did you, run? Why did you go to the harbor? It was under attack. It was my job. I had, I had to go. I had, I had to go. See what I could, how could I, I could help? It was like so matter of fact, like all these World War II guys, you know what I'm talking about. Like the, the thought of, there were literally a thousand different things that Ray could have done at that moment, but he chose the one that involves going to the harbor to save people's lives. And that was the only one that even crossed his mind. When everyone acts like that, you have an unstoppable military, unbeatable. History is full of stories of much smaller unified armies beating back giant armies in disarray. Forget the technological advancements, forget even positioning in the field, it doesn't matter. The most important thing is unity of purpose. And if you have unity of purpose, you will probably beat back even a much larger army. That's, that's true for all of human history. Whoever has unity of purpose wins most of the time, truly. So to bring it back to the school, I think the goal should be to make everyone feel like a family. And the way to do that is not to call attention to racial and ethnic differences. They're obvious. They don't need pointing out. I get it. We're different. Okay. <laughs> but what do we have in common? That's what you got to focus on. This is why schools have mascots. What's the point of having a mascot? Why would a school have a mascot? That's stupid. It's a stupid thing. If you think about it, like what, what, what is a mascot? Like why, why do we have it? It's a tool to transcend our differences and unify us. That's what the mascot's there for. We are the Bobcats. We are the whatever, the Crusaders. We are the, like, that's the point of a mascot. We're the lions. That's it. It's a unifying thing. Mascots, traditions, they celebrate shared values, common identities. There's so much psychology on this, social psychology research. 
on how people trust each other. And if people have something in common, like I'm saying the goofiest of things, if two people, so, so psychologists, they'll have two people come in and they'll do some trust exercise and they don't really trust each other because they're strangers. But if the, uh, the researchers tell each other that each person is born on the same day, like they have the same birthday, they're more trusting of each other because now they have something in common. So someone's born on, on uh, what's the date today? April 15th. Someone's born on April 15th, uh, 1964. Oh, look, Charlie. You, wait, April 15th, 1960. Ah, oh, born on April 16th, 1983. We have the same birthday. Not the same year, but it's same April 15th. Our birthday. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Wow. Like, who cares? Those two people are more likely to trust each other because they have one thing in common. So the goal shouldn't be to be like, well, you know, Islam, it's very, here's, here's why Islam is so great. And you're, you're Christian. They're, they're Islamic, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Who cares? We're all hornets, right? We're all the hornets. We're the whatever hornets of this, like focus on what you have in common. Goodness gracious. This, this is anti-Islamophobic thing, which again, the, the Islamophobia thing, I don't even think is a real thing. I, I, I know it's, it's, it's a, percentage of as real as anti-Semitism, right? So if Islamophobia is not a real thing, then anti-Islamophobia only makes it worse by calling more attention to our differences when the goal of every district should be to unite students. It's going to backfire. And then you're going to be blamed for it. Conservatives, evil hate mongering conservatives are going to be blamed for it as always. One eight 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 nine hundred thirty ninety three. Mike Slater show the blaze radio network spread the word. Mike Slater. We'll continue in a moment on the blaze radio network. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is Mike Slater. Slater crusade. And uh, his protests at Berkeley right now. Um, stupid. I, I, I don't even want to give it any attention because the whole thing's stupid. The, the, everyone on every side there is stupid. <laughs> anyone, anyone who showed up to that, just don't. You're just, the, what are you going to do there? I guarantee, I don't know how many people are there. Let's say there's 3,000 people. No one's mind will be changed. Not a single soul's mind will be changed on any issue whatsoever. So what's the point? And the helicopter's up there looking at people who are going to fight with each other. And there's been some fights and violence and all the rest over there. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Stuff like that really annoys me. And, and no Trump supporter, supporter should be there either. Because what are you going to do there? Nothing. There's not, nothing productive can come from that. There's zero chance that anything productive comes from it. So I don't even want to be, uh, I don't want to comment on it, <laughs> even though I think you got my point there. If anything, conservatives should absolutely stay away from it just to make the left look uh, even more militant, right? To make them look bad. That's why, listen, Trump loved every time there were protests everywhere he went. He loved that people were waving Mexican flags at every time he went somewhere. He loved that people started riots every time they went them somewhere because it made him look good and it made the left look terrible. So don't go out to these protests because there's a chance that you're going to look terrible and you're going to give all the rest of us a bad name. So stay home, read a book. Harvard, uh, the other day, uh, New York times wrote an article the other day about Harvard trying to, uh, or they are getting rid of the word Puritans out of their, 
uh, fight song out of their alma mater song. Right? Again, the word Puritans out. And they're doing it for two reasons. But the one that I think is relevant here is, well, let me just say this. Harvard doesn't like, they're trying to rid their their school of every semblance of religion possible. Even though Harvard was founded as a clergy for congregationalist ministers, and it was founded by an English minister, and all the Ivy League schools started as, as uh, schools to uh, train clergy. But anyway, uh, they got to get rid of every religious thing possible. Every remnant of the past has to go away if it has any religious connotation whatsoever. So they're against the Puritans. And when you think Puritans, what, what do you think? I think in, in our, you know, we think growing up when you were taught about the Puritans, you were taught about the burning witches at the stake, right? Well, that didn't really happen that often. But what they did a lot of was silence and excommunicate people thought to be witches, right? Or, or people who were against the doctrine of the community. Is that a far stretch? from the silencing of people who stay stray far from the progressive church orthodoxy and doctrine of today, right? You're not, these protests are happening at Berkeley. If you're a conservative, obviously you're not allowed on Berkeley's campus, right? Outsiders are not allowed in because they might make someone from the progressive church question their beliefs and be led astray from the progressive church. So it's funny because the progressives are against the Puritans because they were uh, so close-minded, <laughs> yet they're just Puritans of today. Obviously with a different or- orthodoxy and a different church doctrine, but the same thing, right? Let's not let anyone in who, who would question our, tr- our church, and let's kick everyone out who maybe disagrees with it. And you're seeing that on... Uh, Berkeley's campus again today. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.